Welcome back, Bulls Nation, to another episode of the Nothing But Bull Podcast. I'm your host, Derek, and as always, I'm here with my main man, Justin. Justin, what's going on? Nothing much. Like, I'm just happy. This is this is the COVID-free um, <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I, I'm okay. You're okay. So we're, we're COVID-free. We are flying free today. Yes. Uh <laughs> Yeah, that that whole situation was crazy. <laughs> Cause I actually got it like two days after I got my last uh vaccination shot. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, and then I I hear from you and you have it, so I'm like, oh man. <laughs> yeah, well kids have been like dropping left and right in my classroom. And I got a, a call. Uh, on Friday, because they don't tell you who tests positive, but they'll just say, they'll send that. Well, they tell us, teachers, but they don't, when they send out the email blast to parents, obviously they don't tell everybody who tested positive. But, you know, somebody tested positive over the weekend. I was like, you know what? I'm not really feeling that well. And it was Super Bowl weekend. And um, Saturday, I was like, I'm just freezing cold. And it was like, maybe like 78 degrees outside. Um, So yeah, woke up on Sunday and like I had gone to bed like really early, like around eight o'clock that night, but I woke up, it was close to like one. And my wife was like, are you you okay? And I'm like, nope, don't feel well at all. And I said, I think I'm just gonna go back to sleep. So I just slept from that time period until like nine so i just missed the entire super bowl well i heard it was good <laughs> it, was, it was pretty good yeah. uh it was more so the halftime show yeah i was hearing a lot of like a lot of good things about the halftime show so that's cool people were able to come back i'm sure it like totally like a lot of like kids today are like who are these people <laughs> And why are my parents dancing to them? Yeah, I'm sure that was the case. <laughs> a lot of uh, households. Yeah, that was like a flashback because like that song that Eminem was, was doing, yeah, from the 8 Mile movie. And I'm like, wait a minute. How many years ago was 8 Mile? <clears throat> I think it was like 15 years ago. Yeah, so, I think so. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm kind of glad I missed that because I might have just felt like I'm just getting old. So, anyway. Oh, man. So, yeah, we're we're hoping um, that the Bulls get back on track tonight and get a win because the season has spoiled us so far and we're not used to these losing streaks. Yeah, and I don't think that... Like, it's funny how, like, people have just totally forgotten where they were at. Like, we're pretty much in the playoffs. You know, however you slice it or whatever, if the Bulls go, like, 500, they can even go below 500 and still be safely in the playoffs. That wasn't the case last year. Like, 
we were trying to trade for Vooch and just barely trying to make the play-in tournament. <laughs> so I'm like, people like, like what? I'm trying to understand what were you seeing last year as opposed to what you see this year with all of the injuries going on that people don't understand. Like, if I go to like, I'm I'm a fan of Chick Fil A, and I think it more so has to do with. Hold on a second. You see how I'm still at work and people are like <laughs> dialing people, and it's password. Teachers like We're supposed to be off at 3:05. What time is it right now? 3:25, and we still got principals calling for people again. <laughs> But um, yeah, like I was saying, I'm partial to Chick-fil-A. But and I love their waffle fries. I don't know. Do you like their waffle fries at Chick-fil-A? Who doesn't love Chick-fil-A's waffle fries? That's what I'm saying. Who doesn't love it? Okay, so like you were used to the experience of a Chick-fil-A, and I think one of the things that I like the most is how efficiently it runs. But Let's say there was some type of potato shortage and they couldn't produce fries, you know, like on a regular basis. Maybe it was like once a week. Maybe they just didn't. Whatever. You're not going to get the full effect of being at Chick-fil-A if that is the case. Of course, it's going to, you know, still be real well run. The um, rest of the food is going to be pretty pretty tasty but you're not getting the full effect and when i'm looking at this bulls team i'm like people are not getting the full effect those people who have have, are just tuning in to what's going on with the bulls not understanding that we haven't had a power forward since around game five we lost our best two defenders um for i want to say like what has it been a month a month and a half yeah So we lost that. that. Um, We we have people who are playing positions that we did not expect them to be playing. Like a lot of these guys were supposed to be just energy guys or guys who could, you know, defend people well. Or, you know, they just had one particular thing that they were pretty good at. And they weren't going to be seeing these heavy minutes. Our third most important player is a rookie second round draft pick who was not supposed to see any type of minutes, really, for this year. You know, through effort and through, um, you know, just his sheer athletic ability and um, everything that he's able to do on the basketball court, he's playing. But he's our third most important player because he's the one guy who can actually, you know, knock down some shots and actually defend some this team. You're not seeing the full effect of this team. And I feel like people are like, oh, you see, we told you the Bulls uh, weren't capable of doing anything or, you know, where that whole entire thing that you saw in the beginning of the year was just an aberration. Like, you know, it's just fool's gold. And I'm like, what did it, what are you looking at that? Like, I'm trying to understand what people are seeing because when you're looking at like the Nets, people are making up excuses. Oh, they don't have their guys yet. But oh, wait until they get to the playoffs and they're just going to be this this monster out for other teams. 
yeah, you, you have, have Durant. To... Maybe you have Kyrie Irving with, um, you know, with COVID and everything that's going on. You don't know what Ben Simmons looks like. Ben Simmons hasn't played basketball in more than a year. Hasn't stepped on a basketball court. So people are like saying that that's going to be a team that's going to make some noise in the playoffs. I still read on ESPN, and maybe I shouldn't, because like some sometimes I just listen to ESPN and I read on it. But you have people who are still saying that the Lakers, if they get in, can you know really go far and actually win the championship this year. And I'm just trying to understand what are you seeing that I'm not seeing because I see this whole team is very talented. Um, you have a you have three good defenders on this team, like above level defenders when they are healthy. You have uh, Patrick Williams, who's supposed to be um, rounding out into that power forward position, who is supposed to solidify things for us, which would have been a, a fourth defender that you would have on your team and another guy who can who can knock down shots but i feel like people have just lost their mind as relating to what they saw from this team last year as opposed to what's going on this year yeah um first of all espn it's bad for your brain (laughs) like i don't i don't know why you do that to yourself i shouldn't i have a problem i think that's i just have a problem other than that, um, you know, people, you know, they, they, all these ESPN and these analysts, and they said, you know, the Bulls would be lucky to make the play-ins uh, before the season started being seen. Most of them are number one, number two. Uh, we just hit a, like a five-game skid that dropped us down to number four. But, you know, we're, we're missing our starting power forward. We're missing our best two defenders and last game we're missing our starting center as well. Um, So, you know, they make this big deal out of the Bulls losing these five games. Um, The Nets lost what, 10 in a row and all they were saying was, well, they don't have Kevin Durant or, you know, they don't have their big three. I don't understand why it's a difference with missing players no, Alex Caruso and Lonzo Ball are not Kevin Durant, but they're both big parts of this team, just like Durant is a big part. So if you're going to give the Nets that excuse, well, they're missing their guys. How aren't you holding the Bulls to the same standard? Yeah, and like the example that I would use is like what's happening with Golden State with Draymond being out. Like that team is terrible. Uh, they 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 can't defend for anything. Steph is you know he's so great, but he's, he's not great every single night like he usually is. Uh, but you really see the importance of Draymond and being able to call out defenses and get guys in correct position. Caruso is that same type of player. We watch him and marvel. He, he can have a game where he'll like score two points, but get like four of uh, steals, <laughs> you know, and three blocks like that could be a Caruso level game. And it still doesn't show the impact that he has on the game. You don't really notice it fully until he's. And you don't have a guy out there with his level of um, 
defensive intelligence. But I think with Caruso and also with a guy like Draymond Green, we didn't understand just how good Caruso was. When I watched Lakers games, and I, I watched a, a bunch of Lakers games over the years, and I saw Caruso, I always thought that he was benefiting from being around a James and other defensive guys on the team. You know, like getting steals, not creating steals, but getting steals off of their defense. Wasn't until he came over to the Bulls that I realized just how good of a player he is and how he can affect different facets of the game. And we don't have that guy. Like other teams are trying to build with like having a big three. We don't have a big three. It's more like you have a big two and then you have some really good players who are surrounding that the, that big two group that we have with Levine and DeRozan. But um, yeah, it, it's just amazing seeing the impact that those guys who are missing have had on the Bulls and their their ability to just win a game as we're seeing with this losing streak. Right. You mentioned Golden State, you know, Golden State with Draymond, they're 20 and 6. Without them, they're 15 and 15. Yeah. The Bulls with with Caruso and Ball are 18 and 7. Uh, without them, they're 21 and 18. The Have Nets we... are 8, eight and 19 without Durant. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But remember when this when this whole entire thing um, happened, when they both went out, I said, hey, if the Bulls can just stay at 500, you know, we had this talk. If they can just stay at 500, I'm good with that because, you know, it'll give them just enough time to round back into form and just really ramp stuff up before the playoffs start. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Um and you no, know, it, it's going to start rounding up. Um, Alice Caruso's been cleared for full contact practice. Uh, P. Will's been cleared for partial contact practice. So, you know, we might be looking at Caruso coming back in a few days, and P. Will maybe in about a week. Yeah. And you know, it's it's not anything to like put on a on Ao because Ao's been awesome he's been fantastic but i don't think that people like fully understand like we're working with our third point guard how many teams do you know that could be using their third point guard on the depth chart and be you know ultra successful and i'm not putting down anything that ao has been doing he has been phenomenal his defense has just been you know, off the charts. But when you have that, when you're looking at um, Levine, I don't know if other people are picking up on the fact that Levine, despite what anybody is saying, is not healthy. Like, have you noticed that Levine is not able to blow by people and get to the rim at will like he normally does? Oh, yeah, he, he said he's not. He said he's about 70 or 80% on his knee, and it's not going to change to the all season. So when you have that component of not a of really being down that that big two, it's really like a big one and seventy five hundreds. Um, and then you got Vooch, who 
he's had a nagging injury. He hasn't looked right for, I want to say, probably the last 10 games. Like, there's just been something off with him. Um, and then we find out it's the ankle injury and other things that have just been adding up. But, you know, when you take all of that into effect, um, yeah, there's, there's a reason why this team has been struggling the way it has been. And I was, like, getting frustrated with you about, like, how come these guys can't just, like, get together and, you know, um, work together more defensively? And you helped me to calm down and see, like, look, you have a lot of guys who have been in these extended roles that they weren't meant to be in. So thank you for helping me come down off of that edge that I was about to jump off of. I'm like, dude, we were playing that <laughs> Extended minutes. Yeah. But even like with having a, a guy like Tristan Thompson, like Tristan Thompson would be very good in a limited role. Like you yeah. just send him in there. Minutes. D up some people, grab some rebounds um, and just provide that energy. But, you know, I'm watching him trying to face off against Embiid for an entire game. And I'm like, yeah, that's not it. Yeah, I, I do not like the... Um... Thompson and Boot that that just never made sense to me. Yeah, I was trying to like figure that out myself. Um like was that just something that Donovan was trying to get looks at, or was he like really seriously thinking, hey, I can put these two guys in there together and it'll just work out? Because like they were like I think on one game that they played together, like Thompson was like a minus 24 or some kind of crazy stat like that. Yeah. Uh, I think he was trying to like get a look at it to see, you know, if that would kind of help our rebounding issue. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, No. (laughs) Yeah. That's not it. Uh, Wait, wait till we get Lonzo back. Lonzo like averages five, six rebounds from the point guard position. So, yeah, and when you have that, like, because the Bulls haven't been shooting the three well. Couple well, that into the fact that we haven't had a, a guy on there who's what Lonzo was shooting above forty percent from three. That's a big yep. component that you're missing from your team, um, and they haven't been running as well as they can. I love Ao to death, but. You know, those outlet passes by a ball really help energize this team. Um, when you had ball and, you know, just him being able to run the offense and just make things easy for Zach so where he's not having to think as much and he's just getting those easy baskets um, with alley-oops, you know, that's, that's a big com- – those are two things that are just huge has been put together that they're missing. And, you know, the uh, big man situation was always an issue that we were going to have. But I feel like they addressed that with bringing in Thompson, who, you know, I didn't like him coming in just because of, like, the luggage from the outside that he brings to the team. But from a skill standpoint, I always thought that uh, players like Thompson always gave the Bulls the business because it was all of these about high energy um guys who can offensive rebound and just D people up like those types of players, 
the Bulls have struggled with in years past. So I'm happy he's on the team, but I'm not happy that he's having to play the minutes that he's playing. Yeah. Um, hopefully tonight we'll see, you know, let me go back to um, Javante at the power forward starting. Yeah. Who are they playing? Is it Detroit? Yeah, we're playing Detroit. Okay. Well, Detroit's missing a lot of players, so this should be the game that the that they're able to turn things around. Yeah, they're missing um, Stewart. Isaiah Stewart just went out the other night. And it was another guy, too. Uh All I know is that Ao can handle Cade. Like, I'm not just saying that because Ao's on our team. I'm I'm just thinking back to when they played against each other the last time. Like, he can he can. I don't want to say just lock him up, but it's close. Yeah. Um, yeah. Still, still got to play him though. Um, I think they won what six out of their last two. They went like six and two out of the last eight. Well, the Pistons. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they do have some talent on that team, and like I said before, they are a team that they're not a great defensive team, but they will get after it. One of those teams that did people, but they kind of play above the head. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I still think you know the Bulls get this win tonight. Uh, but is Vooch out for this game, or is he playing? He's questionable. The last I've seen, um, but I did see him at shoot around. Okay. So I know the last game he he didn't shoot around at all. Um. So this game, he he's done the shoot around. So. I would think he's going to play. Yeah, it's amazing <clears throat> because, you know, people, including myself, have gotten on Booch throughout the year because of his scoring. But just his ability to rebound and pass has a, you know, a big effect on what this team is able to do. Um how underrated of a passer that he is. Um, so just having him there, even if he's not hitting shots, just his passing and just, um, you know, being a threat on the off. It still, it still has a big impact on what this team is capable of doing. I still think he's shooting more three-pointers than he needs to be taking, but. You know, if he's healthy and out there, this this should be a game that the Bulls are able to come away with. Yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of um, people have been killing Vooch this season, and I I, I just don't see it. Uh, he's great rebounding the ball. He's done the best um, <laughs> defensively that he can do without you know Paul and Caruso there as point of attack defenders, where the other you know, Bulls players are kind of not staying in front of their man. He's forced to come up and help. I mean, 
you know, he's been getting deflections and steals and blocks. He, he's been doing the best he can in that row. I do agree with you on the three-pointers, though. Um, for whatever reason, he's not shooting the three well this season, and he's had his best games when he's stayed inside the paint and he's taken maybe one or two three-pointers after he's played inside out and kind of got it going a bit. I don't know why after the All-Star break, he went back to playing outside in where he's just on the perimeter shooting shots. And it's, it's back to when people were saying, oh, Vooch is regress. We need to trade Vooch. And all he needs to do is get back into the paint and have the team look to get him the ball in the paint. Yeah. And I think, you know, also a big part of that is when you're missing that point guard who is like, okay, we've taken enough of these outside shots. Let's just slow things down and we're just going to make sure that we're feeding you. I think that that's another thing. And again, this is not something that's against what AO has been doing because his passing has just been great. Um, and his ability to play the pick with that. But when you have that guy who is just, you know, he's used to commanding a team and like just getting them in their spots. AO is not there yet, you know, still a rookie. He's up there, but he's not there yet. That's one thing that I think is happening. The second thing that I think is that when you see players who have that capability of scoring in the low post, but they're settling for outside shots, they're not healthy. Um, you know, when, when you see, when you see that, like just drop off is because they don't want to go down low and bang and do what they are capable of doing because there's just, there's a stress that's happening. And when I noticed like after the all-star break, when he started taking, like playing more outside in, as you were saying, I was like, something has got to be up with him where he's not wanting to go into the post and just bang. And then sure enough, we find out about the ankle. So that might help explain some things. But I, I do hope it's something that Donovan is talking about. Like, hey, our team's best chances are when you are down low and scoring. Even if you're not scoring, just putting that thought in the back of teams' minds that, hey, we have to play them a little bit differently because he's going to be going into the post. It just gives them something else to think about because when I've been looking at these past, what, six games uh, where the Bulls have lost, they have looked pretty pedestrian when it comes to offense. Like it just seems like guys are just very comfortable with taking chances and getting up into um, guys airspace and, and just defending them a lot better. And part of that might be, hey, they're just kind of getting used to these these guys that the Bulls have that they're playing with. But also it's just, hey, noticing they're missing so many of these elements, so we can afford to just play them one way. Right. Um, yeah, the ankle sprain happened at the game I was at against the Grizzlies. I saw it when it happened. He landed on somebody's foot. Um, but he didn't miss from the ankle. 
Um, you know, he missed last game because of a strained hamstring. And I don't know how long bothering him and if he's only going to miss that one game from it. But I, I said also I think Vooch was was a, yeah. Yeah, when I, you know, because I'm all, you know, I'm excited about the wins and just the, the sheer turnaround. You know, being a fan, you get just caught up in and the um, how well the team is performing, not like slowing down and really analyzing things. So I was on that on that fence with Vooch and was like, hey, you know, dude isn't performing. We got to get rid of him at the beginning yes. of the year for like five games. Okay, I didn't get into the whole entire thing for the, you know, as from where we are now since the beginning, just saying, hey, get rid of this guy. He's a bum. But, you know, I, I kind of got caught up into the whole entire fandom that was going on because they were on a roll, like performing at such a high level and doing so well. But, yeah, I don't think that he has been fully healthy, like you said, and able to do everything. Hopefully, we start getting you know, better luck with health. Um, you know, it seems like Caruso and P-Will should be back soon. Hopefully, you know, Lonzo is not too far behind. And you know, hopefully, we're, we're healthy enough for the playoffs because you know yeah. Zach we know he's not going to be 100% until you know next season so at least healthy enough <laughs> did they um how many games do they have left um, it's like maybe 17 maybe well, I'll put it like this. Like, do you think it's enough games for them to get their act together and get back to how they were performing at, you know, around the middle to early, like the late, early, the late beginning, early middle of the year? Is that enough time for them to do that? Yeah, we have 17 left. Um, I think so. Um, just for the fact that. The team chemistry has seemed like it's been there since preseason. So I think, you know, once you get your guys back um, with as great as a point guard of running the offense uh, that Lonzo is and just the great communication with with him and uh, Caruso on the defensive end, I I think they'll be all right. Um, I think the one that, you know, that's going to – need time to get reactivated the most would be P. Will since you know he's missed pretty much the whole season. Yeah, like I thought that this was a pretty big year for him because even during the summer league, like you know, I liked him being more aggressive, but you could tell that he wasn't still used to taking the amount of shots that he was. And I know, like, 
you know, no, just experimenting with things, but it's like he he's it's going to take him another year to be comfortable with where his game is at and being able to, you know, just slow the game down for him that way. Like he's not so caught up in trying to figure out what move he's going to make as opposed to this is just automatic. Um, I'm just hoping that he can come in and just provide that defense from the power forward position. Because I don't know, like I, whenever I see like, cause I, I played a couple of games for fantasy and I'll see, um, a bunch of guys, whenever they're playing against the Bulls, it's like any power forward that's playing against the Bulls, they're going to have a good night. <laughs> so, you know, um, I'm just, I'm, tr- I'm just like, I can't wait until he gets back so we can see what we have with him. Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> you know, there, there was uh, part of the crowd that wanted us to trade P. Will for um, Jeremy Grant. Um, glad that didn't happen. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, first of all, Grant has been injured. <clears throat> and another part is, you know, I'm looking at his game and just what he was doing. You're pretty much getting a guy who is just allowed pretty much the freedom to put up as, as many shots as he wants to. I mean, I mean that's great if that's what you're you're going for, but I don't know how much that really impacts a team with winning. Well, you can see how much it impacts a team with winning because they're not winning. Um, you know, it's, aside from recently with the the six in two record that you said, when he was on the court and he just had free reign to just take whatever shots that he wanted, when they didn't have Cunningham and other guys in there. You know, it it was not impacting winning by any means. And I don't know if Grant would have ever been comfortable being on yet another team where he was, like, going to be the third or fourth option. And really on this Bulls team, probably be, like, the fifth option. Yeah, he, he made it clear that he wanted to be the focal point of offense to whatever team that he would be traded to. Yeah, so I'm just I'm glad that didn't happen because there would have been way too many guys on this team right now who were just, you know, way better options from the offensive standpoint. Yep. So, yeah, we'll we'll see him tonight. Uh <laughs> Showing what he could have had if he was <laughs> <took> a reduced <laughs> role. <laughs> I mean, having a guy like him on the team would have been great if he had the right mindset. But, you know, I saw a lot of people who are, you know, writers for the Bulls and like have a very popular following that were saying that the Bulls should have traded. Uh, P. Will for for Grant, which I'm like, I don't understand what you're talking about because when you're talking about what he was doing on the Olympic team and like the accolades that he was receiving from coaches and like people just saying how much how much growth they saw in him from his rookie year until now, 
and like how they all had big expectations for him. And then seeing what he was able to do when he was healthy as a rookie. Glimpses of what he was capable of doing on the court. Like that's not something that I uh Jeremy Grant. Like that just wouldn't have made a lot of sense to me. You, you must be talking about Cali. Talking about who? Joe Cali. Yes, Cali. Yeah, um, yeah. He's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Your worries, not mine, just in case you ever <laughs> show <a> few. <laughs> but yeah, like Cali and a couple of guys um, that I follow on online, I was like, I was just really shocked that they were just throwing out there. The Bulls got to make this trade. They got to get make this trade. They got to get on uh, on you know adding him as a player. I was just like, really? I I don't see it. So yeah, and and I'm quite comfortable with what this organization has done um, with the the assets that they put together on this team. So. They put a, a, a good amount of, of players um, who are capable of doing a lot of good things uh, surrounding Zach and um, and uh, DeRozan, in particular, just surrounding Zach with more talent, even though apparently Zach is not that great because on his NBA rating, I think they went up like one point or something, <laughs> according to some people, so... <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I think that's because Demar's been having this MVP caliber season, and he's been getting all the attention. So they they boosted him up um, more than one point. <laughs> yeah. But like, apparently, Zach is not not worth uh, a whole bunch. Like, he shouldn't receive a whole bunch in the off season when he's up for the Supermax and. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I've so, seen such horrible, horrible things about well, he's not a max player and I'm like, are are you kidding me? Because he's not healthy. <laughs> and yeah, like he's if, still shooting the right what over forty from the field. Yeah. Um and you know, it, it it's funny, like Getting people's ideas of what they understand what a max player looks like, like just taking Zach's stats right now, and they're still pretty good. And this is a down year for Zach. <laughs> like, I don't think that people fully understand the stats that he was putting up. And stat and like these like it's funny how like people take stats. And they apply them differently to people that they like. Like everybody has been saying for years how great LeBron is. And he is great. But he's team's not winning. Um, and it's Zach, the past two years with the stats that he's been putting up, people were just saying, oh, he's putting up empty stats. He's putting up empty stats. But now that you see when he's around people who are actually capable of playing the game of basketball, um, he it looks like a totally different player. So it's, it's just funny how like people come up with these narratives for players that they like 
versus narrative versus players that they're like, oh, I'm used to seeing you just in this role, so that's the role that I'm going to pigeonhole you in. Right. It, it's crazy to me. Um, he's averaging 24.6 points a game, 48.1% from the field, uh, averaging five rebounds and 4.5 assists a game. And he's dealt with, what, the the torn ligament in his thumb that he played through at the beginning of the season. Yep. Um, he's had to have his knee drained. He knows that he's not going to be, you know, 100% for the rest of the year, but he's still out there. And, you know, he's, he's still contributing to the team winning. Um, of course, you know, we – we're on a five-game losing streak, but still, um, those games would be a lot uglier if he wasn't on the was not out. The, yeah, if he wasn't, it'd be a lot uglier. Yeah, my whole entire thing is, okay, take Zach's past where he's, he's like, really, really big, comfortable on a team that actually, I don't want to say in the bowling you know, era that he – um, had any type of stability whatsoever or any type of competent coaching. But at least he had a coach who was expecting more out of him, like trying to turn into a two-way player. And I'm not saying I'm giving any bo- any kind of credit to Boylan whatsoever. But at least Zach had that. Now he's in this, this environment with being around um, Donovan. And I'm like, okay, take – Zach's stats, even like take his last three years is what I should have said. Has and we what like think about what people think about Clay Thompson as a player. Has Thompson had a year anywhere close to what Zach has done in the past three years? No. No. But what's the narrative around Clay Thompson? He's a great player. He's Ash brother. Yeah. But isn't that funny how we take narratives for guys that, okay, oh, we he won a championship, so now we're going to start putting these other narratives on you that when you take a look back and it's like, well, wait a minute. Was that guy really as good as what we thought he was? Or did we start playing? I thought it's changing because they won a championship or two championships. So I'm like, it's just, it's funny how that whole entire process breaks down when we're trying to um, write out somebody's effect on the game. Right. Um, So yeah, Bulls Nation. Zach Levine is going to get a max contract this (laughs) offseason. He deserves a max contract. And the Bulls are going to give it to him to keep him. Don't think that they try to build up this team and Zach walk for nothing. Yes. Yes. Which makes sense. I mean, you think about Zach's age. You think about um, DeRozan's age. You know, um, DeRozan's has been good. And people have, like, lost track of like just how good he was and i think people are not understanding how good he was as a playmaker which is funny he hasn't really changed it's just he changed 
into going to a different team. And it's almost like people lost track of who he was as a player. But if you go back and you look at his stats, yes, he's averaging more points, but he's been pretty much the same player from his like later time in uh, Toronto to what he was doing on the Spurs the past two years to what he's doing with the Bulls, except he's just taking more shots playing with the Bulls. But and I see like his game continuing to stay on that track for at least another two, three years. Um, but Zach is still on the rise. Like I, I still think that there's a level that Zach could get to that he hasn't reached yet. Yeah. Um, I think the, the average prime of an NBA player is age 30 to 31. Yep. Zach's 26, so he hasn't even reached his prime yet. Um, we're, we're getting prime tomorrow right now. <laughs> but so Zach has not reached his prime yet, so I agree with you there. He still has another level that he can go to. And that's scary. Like, we can have a guy like that on our team who is also – you know, he's paired with DeRozan, who is in his prime. And then you have these other guys who are on upward trajectory because I think that Ball can get much better. He has gotten better. Yeah. I think that Ayo can get better. Kobe has showed glimpses of getting better, at least a little bit better as a defender. And then you have Ayo. And we haven't even mentioned P-Will. So, you know, he's in the perfect situation. I think the Bulls uh, have set up a perfect situation for him to excel for a, a very long time. Yeah, and you know, with Demar, um, I I just think he's like the perfect vet to have around, especially for Io. Um, you you can see that Io's been working on his mid range game. Um, you you know it's influenced directly by Demar. And even with Zach, yep. I think Demar's is just like the perfect vet to have around the team as a whole. Yeah, he is. Like they they've just done a tremendous job with pieces. And it's funny, like I hear so many this is, again coming from ESPN, which I should not do <laughs> to myself. If I love myself, I need to learn to love myself. But <laughs> you know, they were talking about coach of the year and they were naming off these guys like um I, I forget how to pronounce his name like the Boston Celtics coach uh, I'm Udoka. Udoka yeah yeah and then Jason Kidd um which Dallas has turned around a lot better than what they were from the beginning of the year but they just came up with like a list of names and it, like they listed five names and I'm like how do you not even like throw Donovan's name into consideration, considering what they were expected to do at the beginning of the year versus what they're doing right now with so many guys out, so many missing pieces. I don't see how his name doesn't get thrown into consideration, but it's like, it's that, again, that media bias um, <laughs> where people, you know, they're not really taking this Bulls team serious and I see it in the refs calling like the games. Like I understand 
that yes, you have Embiid, who's in the post, and he's just giving guys the. There should never be a time in an NBA game where at one point a team is shooting 23 free throws or has 23 free throw attempts as opposed to the other team that has five. Like that, like you, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, they have two foul merchants on their team. (laughs) Embiid and Harden, you know, they, they both will hunt for fouls. Um, I, I really wish that they would change the rip through to be an offensive foul. Because that's just like the cheapest. Um, oh, oh, I MB did it. MB did it. Um, Chris Paul always does it where, you know, they just kind of move their arms through the defender and they get a foul for it. I don't understand how that's not an offensive foul either because aren't they initiating the contact? Yeah, they are. Yeah, because I'm like... It just seems like such a weak move. Like, I'm thinking in my mind of, like, the greatest scores that the NBA has seen. I would never see, like, Bird or Jordan or any of those guys trying to do something like that to get a foul call. Like, that's just a weak move to me. Yeah. um, You know, last season it was a shooting foul. This season they they changed it to where it's just uh, a non-shooting foul. But, of course, if your team's over the limit and they do it, they're shooting free throws anyway. Yeah. I just don't see that that being a foul when they're purposely trying to do it to get a foul. Yeah, which is something that I thought they were trying to cut back on anyway, but whatever. It is. You're able to get away with stuff like that, and you have guys that do stuff like that to try free throw line. It it is going to be a big discrepancy, especially when, you know, we can drive to the basket and get hammered and get no type of call at all yeah like there was that remember we had that conversation where i was like okay the bulls yes they are getting blown out but they had a replay it was like zach was going up to the basket and yes Embiid did block his shot but there was plenty of contact with his body that hit zach around the neck and head area and they reversed the call. And I was like, what did you see? Oh, I knew they were going to reverse that because that was the exact same thing that first game we played them with DeMar. And it was the same. Uh, they called a foul. The Sixers challenged it and they changed it to a clean block. And that's what helped them beat us that first game. So when that happened and they challenged it, I was like, "There, this is Demar and Embiid all over again." Yeah. And, and you know, and oh, go ahead. Like he's a good, he's a good defender. Don't get me wrong, but he got him with the body. Yeah. It's okay to say, yeah, he blocked his shot, but it's still a foul. Yeah, it's it's things like that, and again, I'm not gonna like. Sh- 
the, their ability to like fight through screens or know how to well but can we have like refs calling out moving screens like can can we can we do that like i'll i'll look at teams and i'm like every single time i'll see these players they're setting a moving screen and i'm like do you understand like the definition of a moving screen, what it looks like, because like there was that game against the Miami heat and I know the heat were taking it to us, but it seemed like every single time that bam Adebayo was setting a screen, he was moving. And I'm like, how are you supposed to defend that? If a guy is setting a hard screen and moving at the same time, yeah, every single screen that he said was a moving screen, and there was never a call for it. And then I think they called uh, Tristan Thompson for one. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? Yeah, some of these games, like, I'm not putting it on Donovan, but there are some of these games where I'm like, you got to get a technical foul there or get thrown out of a game. Like, making a big, bigger issue than, cause like Donovan, like I love the fact that he's calm on the sideline, but I hate the fact that he's calm on the sideline <laughs> because there, there are plenty of time. And you look at these coaches, like if you don't think that like getting up inside of the reps and letting them know what it is that you are thinking doesn't matter. Look at a lot of these good coaches around the league. Look at, um, um, what's his face? Um, the coach for the Miami Heat. I'm trying to think of his name. Uh, Eric Spolstra. Eric Spolstra. There are plenty of times he refs the business. You know, it's and it's bordering on, hey, you're about to get a technical foul, or I'm giving you a technical foul. And it's like, you got to learn how to push these referees and manipulate them a little bit more. I think I'm just making up. I remember because, you know, being in South Florida and, and being in the, where we were at, you got to see every single Miami heat game that you wanted to see. And when Spostra first came to the heat, um, when he was brought up from, you know, his position earlier in the, I think, I think it was like in film and, you know, just game planning for the heat to becoming the head coach. He made a comment. I remember like he was um, getting interviewed by somebody and he was like looking at different pointers and Pat Riley was in the stands, just observing things. And he said that. Game. Riley, Riley pulled him aside and he was like, yeah, these are certain instances where you should have gotten a technical foul. These are certain instances where you should have spoken up more for your players. And that's one of the things that I that's that is one of the things that I looked at with Donovan. And I was like, is he that type of, you know, um, coach who is going to do that? Yeah, because my main thing that I was worried about with Donovan was not like c- commanding the respect of his players. It was just that he was just a very, like, I don't want to say laid back coach, but like fiery and on the refs every single time. 
Not like how Thib- Thibodeau does it, because <laughs> he's barking every single like he's barking when they when they when they call. <laughs> give the the Knicks calls. But I'm, just, I'm I'm surprised Tibbs still has vocal cords. Yes. Like, I'm not saying he has to be that, but, you know, just a little bit more vocal in getting on the refs. That is the one thing I would say about Donovan that I would like to see more. And it might actually take away those instances where Zach gets fouled and doesn't run back on defense. And, you know, you got to have somebody who is venting for you is my, my, my main issue. Yeah, um, you know, even we've seen Demar's gotten quite a few technicals this season <laughs> because he's barking at the refs and he had ejected that one game. Yeah. So you know that's that is just one thing that I would like to see a little bit more of because especially come playoff time, because you think like the Bulls aren't getting many calls, like. Hey. In a playoff atmosphere, that's one of the things that worries me. Hopefully, it'll kind of balance itself out. The game slows down a bit more. Um, it's more of a half-court game. Um, DeMar is pretty good at getting fouls on his mid-range jumper. So, hopefully, that kind of, you know, Helps kind of shift the situation to at least a bit more of an even matchup. Yeah. So, who you got winning tonight? Oh, we're, we're, we should win this game tonight. Um, no, I mean, I, I had I, a feeling that you were going to say the Bulls, but. <laughs> I mean, of course, consider Bulls, um, but I, I think we we win this game tonight. Um, I think that we should have won against Atlanta and Milwaukee because we had both games right there, but just wasn't able to the game. So I'm I'm definitely expecting to win tonight. Yeah, like. Um... That game against Atlanta, that was pretty disappointing because um, – and not because, like, they – not just because of the, the of them losing. It was just, like, the way they lost. Like, um, I, I didn't feel like – I thought, like, with the, the, the defense that the Bulls had, they had enough to beat Atlanta. Um, like, they felt way too comfortable. Um and when guys feel comfortable, when they like, they don't feel like that you're going to be giving them any any defensive effort whatsoever. Like it's a lot easier for them to knock down shots, or at least have that confidence that they can knock down shots. That was a pretty disappointing game. And that game against Milwaukee, you know, there were there were just times in the game where I was like, guys, you got to come up with a rebound. You got, and they just couldn't for whatever reason. And it was those seconds. All it was. Yeah. <laughs> just, like if we could have just got a couple rebounds, we would have won that game. Yeah, that was another one where I was like, "You guys were right there." Um, the good thing is, like, 
to be able to play Milwaukee like that. Um, and they were in Milwaukee, right? Uh, we were in Chicago. Or was it Chicago? But to, to be able to keep them that close, uh, and that's one of the things also um, that I noticed about Milwaukee. Milwaukee has a lot of close games. And when you're defending champion, like, you shouldn't have to win all of these close games like they've been having to do. So, like, as far as, like, people saying, how, oh, they don't want the Bulls to face this team or that team, I wouldn't be so afraid about facing Milwaukee because of how the Bulls were able to stay in that game. When you have those players coming back who you know are going to provide that defensive effort, who are going to get those rebounds, who are going to get those deflections and cause turnovers, uh, that is a, you know, that's that's something that I'm pretty excited about. But, you know, like like we were both saying, with them not getting rebounds and allowing Milwaukee to get so many second chance points, it was just pretty disappointing with them coming out with a loss. Yeah. I I definitely think they're gonna get this bounce back win tonight. Um I think they'll go on and beat Detroit. Um I think they'll beat Cleveland and Sacramento. Are Caruso uh, is Caruso going to be back on those games? Um, I would think that Caruso is back for Sacramento. That's just my opinion. Who do they play first? Is it Sac or Cleveland? Uh, it's Cleveland. Um, Chicago. Um, yeah, the thing that worries me about that is like those revenge games. Like, Lori will find a way to play out of his mind. And with, like, um, that Evan Mobley, you know, at the the power forward position, when the Bulls have had to play, like, upper-level power forwards, they've struggled. Or at least, like, you know, those guys who play those positions have given them a lot of trouble. And Darius Garland. And I thought this when the, when the draft was going on, I was like, I think Garland is going to be one of the top point guards if he stays healthy. <coughs> and sure enough, he's up there. So that's a game that kind of scares me. Against Sacramento, um, that team is pretty much in turmoil. Like, I know they got <laughs> Sabonis, but they don't know what they're doing over there. So... No, they come out with a win. But again, like I was saying before, like we talked about, if the Bulls can just hover around 500 until those guys get healthy, they should be in position to make some noise when it matters most. I don't think um, the Cavs will have Levert or Jared Allen. So, yeah, I expect a three-game win streak. Oh, is Allen out? Yeah, he's out. He's out indefinitely with um fractured finger. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. I think Lovert will probably still be out. Um, yeah, I'm expecting three game win streak with these next three games, and then we'll Hopefully. see Utah. 
hopefully. But then Utah, you know, that's another team where I'm like, okay, great center position, great defender, but they don't offer like it's not like um it's not like they're and I remember that was one of the remarks that Gasol was talking about when he was after the it was like right after the All Star break, I believe. And he, you know, made these uh, tweets where he was indirectly calling out the players and saying how they needed to play better defense, but they weren't playing better defense when he was there. So, you know, um, it just it it depends on the mentality that the Bulls play with when when teams get up on them and play them aggressive, like their, their mentality is to kind of, I don't want to say fold, but just kind of mail it in sometimes. Um, so that's why it's important for you have that. You got to have dogs out on the court. Like Caruso is a dog. Ball is a dog. You know, those guys who are going to grind through things. Um, and right now, they don't have those grinders that they need or and like they don't have enough of them on the court right now. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, like I said, I, I'm expecting this three game win streak. Um, I expect Caruso will be back for Sacramento. Uh, okay. um, I'll say P. Wheeled is back on the 21st against Toronto. That'll be interesting. They got a guy on that Toronto team that I was like, if P. Will can stay aggressive like that, they're rookie. I don't Scotty know if you've Barnes. Seen, yeah, I don't know if you've seen him play at all this year. Yeah. Um, I mean, they've played us, but like, I don't know if you've like seen more than the games that that they've played us against. Like, he doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he'll, like, and like, he'll have those games where he'll like score like 25, seven rebounds, like two or three blocks. Like, uh, I kind of envision P will turning into something like that. That's why I'm like, the thought of giving up on him when the sky's the limit for him at this point in his career is kind of not. Like, uh, that is not an option that I hope that they take up. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, hopefully, no P. Will is aggressive and is similar to how Scotty Barnes is playing for the Raptors. That would be huge for us. Um, I don't think. No, he needs to play as you know great as Scotty Barnes has been, seeing that you know he's going to be like the fourth option. But hey, it, it, anything that will help the Bulls. Yeah, because like when we think about why he was drafted in the first place, it was position flexibility. And so if you that if you just have like guys who can for right now just come out and play defense. That is a main issue with the Bulls. Like, they just need to have guys come out that you can just sick on other guys. And, like, I think for the most part, 
Javante Green, but just not as many minutes as he's playing. But just especially when they're able that second unit, like when everything shifts around and the Bulls, you know, get those players healthy and you get guys who were meant to be on the second unit on the second unit, I think that this team is really going to fly. But until that time comes, like, you know, we're, we're just waiting around hoping that they come together in time. But when, when it actually does come, I think it's going to be just amazing to see. Yeah, I, I definitely think they'll have enough time. Um, you know, they'll, they'll be able to win a playoff series or two. Um, I don't know why some people are thinking this season is championship or bust. Yeah, I don't know why either. Like, <laughs> like we were never meant to be a championship contender this year. Even though we have enough pieces right now, you know, that, that stuff takes time. You know, you have to go through the rigors of playing in the playoffs. Bulls have no one on this team has been in a playoff position for this team. And when is the last time the Bulls have made the playoffs? Uh, we've missed the playoffs for the last, what, four years? Yeah. So, yeah. That's why it's just crazy to me. Some people are like, well, if they want a championship this year, it's a bust. We were 12th place, 11th <laughs> or 12th place last year. And now we're in the playoffs. Um with a whole entirely new team with their which is their first year together. And then you know AK is still going to evaluate what pieces fit and what what can be done to improve the team still. So I, I just don't get why some people think, hey, we have to win the championships this year or the season's a failure. Yeah, I don't understand either. When like coming into the year, many by many people are saying, "Hey, can they just get to 500?" Um, we're well past that <laughs> by now, so we've already met our goal. Just being in the position that we're at, this team is going to make the playoffs. That's that's why I don't understand what people are getting all up in arms. They are going, which was the goal. Like it was yep. like considered the lofty goal. Hey, can we make it as like either a play-in or can we make it as an eighth seed? The fact that we are on the fourth seed and the fact that we were like jostling for the number one seed, that's pretty amazing. Consider the amount of talent that has come into the East. That's another thing that people have forgotten about. The East isn't like it was like when LeBron was just running through it. Um, like, you know, nobody's business. You have like how many? I want to say you have probably four teams, four or five teams in the East that are capable of, of getting to the final. Yeah. And you know, here here's another thing. If Caruso and Lonzo don't get injured, we're still going to be number one. Yes. Like, we've only dropped number four because we've lost our two best defenders. And we started out with not having a power forward since game five. So, yeah, I think that people are not, you know, they're not 
It's like when you you know how like when people like have certain jobs and then they become like a manager and it's like they totally forget what it was like to actually work in those jobs that were below the management title. Like that is what people are experiencing right now. Man, um, our our good buddy Stacy King had brought this uh, stat out with Caruso. Lonzo and Pete Wheel all together. The Bulls are eight and zero. Fifteen to zero if you count the preseason. Oh yeah, we didn't win any. We didn't lose any games in the preseason, did we? Nope. Man, started out eight. Started out season eight and zero. Lost the game to the Knicks that Pete Wheel got injured. Oh, you know what? Thinking back to the preseason, that's why I was like so on Vooch's case because he didn't have a good preseason. I don't think he ever really has a good preseason. I don't know. I've you know this is my first time actually, you know, done. But he he really struggled during the preseason. What that really was is it was bringing up shades of Lori. Um. Because the past, like, three, maybe four, no, three years that Laurie was here, it was like the preseason, uh, he didn't fare very well. And, um, yeah, so I think that that's what it was. I was taking out my anger from Laurie on Vooch, and I have a tendency to do that. I'm still mad at Denzel Valentin, and he hasn't been on the team for a while. So, yeah. I still find my, I just wake up in the middle of the night and I just punch a wall because I see Valentin's face. <laughs> These are not yeah. things I should be admitting on <laughs> on a podcast, but yeah. I don't think anybody's going to blame you for still being mad at Denzel Valentin. <laughs> Yeah. I forgot he was even on our team. Like until like I started thinking about it throughout the night and just getting angry. Like after he was gone, he was just gone. And then I just started getting angrier and angrier as he like left. Um but yeah, at the beginning of the year when he was gone, I was like I don't even remember him in a Bulls uniform. <laughs> oh man, that's that's crazy. <laughs> I, I definitely remember him being in the Bulls uniform and definitely being upset about him being in the Bulls <laughs> uniform. <laughs> Especially that um ill advised three pointer against Miami where even you know Stacey Adam oh, no <laughs> why would you shoot that? <laughs> Well, you know what, Val- but um, what um, Valentine like? He reminds me of like just being a teacher. How times where you'll get this like bad kid that nobody likes, and then like something happens where like they either don't show up to school for like a month, or they move away, and it's like you totally forget they existed. Like life just is a much better. 
it's fresher. Um, and then they come back, and it's like, oh man, completely <laughs> forgot how terrible of a person you were. That's different. <laughs> oh man. Um, so yeah, we have the business tonight. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and that should be the start yeah. of some good things for the Bulls. Yes, um, yeah. Isaiah Stewart's out. Um, Frank Jackson's out for them, and Killian Hayes is questionable. Ah, uh, see, now this is why you can't like project how guys are going to be. I thought Killian Hayes was going to be pretty good for that. Um, he's just fallen off the map. Like he's just put up like this entire year. I've just been following him because, you know, I look at some of these teams and I'm like, you know, I, I keep track of, you know, how their first round picks do and going into the next year, uh, just trying to see if they make that jump. And he's just been awful. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, um, I, I don't know. That's just me. I always keep up with stuff like that, especially, like, for really bad teams, just trying to, like, see what happens with their draft picks and see if they, like, if the draft picks actually turn into something or if they just, you know, fall off the planet. Right. Well, we're over here with a second-round draft pick that <laughs> is – in the rookie of the year ladder, so <laughs> yeah, so there you go. Yeah, so yeah, I'm expecting the Bulls to win tonight. Um, tell the people where they can follow you. Um, at he said what sports, and you can follow me at Young Jordan, and. No, we'll be looking for our Bulls win tonight. Um, and, you know, just just stop panicking on every Bulls lost Bulls nation. It, Rome wasn't built in a day. We're all right. Well, it's this instant, like, gratification, like, phase of life that is upon us. Like, people think that, like, food, like, great food just comes together, like, you know, they, they don't look at the work. You know, I was I was trying to get that into my students like these past couple of weeks. Like, look, you got to put them to work. And that's what is going to um, show where you've grown. And it doesn't happen overnight. You know, it's something that's a continuous uh, progression. Um, and I don't like I think people just lose sight of the fact, especially when you're looking at how teams are built right now. Like they're not happening organically. Like now it's just like, oh, how many superstars can we get on our team and we'll just add players? And, you know, that that's just not the way most teams are built. Right. So, good things are on the horizon. Yes. Playoffs are on the horizon. So, till the next time, go Bulls. Go Bulls. Tennis game over. The horn blows. Oh.